Welcome to Dig Deep, the mining podcast. In this podcast, we go deep into mining news, hot topics, and live interviews with mining professionals and leading figures in the mining industry. Introducing your host, Rob Tyson, founder and director of Mining International and Mining International Executive, a leading global mining recruitment and headhunting agency. Hi, mining community. Welcome back to another episode of the Dig Deep and the Mining Podcast. And we have another returning guest today um, who was on early this year, uh, back in March, uh, which is episode 121. Um, so appreciate if you can go back and check that out after, obviously, after listening to this. So today's guest is Danny Callow, who is the CEO of African Gold Group. Um, who are a Canadian exploration and development company with its focus on developing a gold mine in Mali, West Africa. Um, He's a Campbell School of Mine graduate, and Danny has significant experience in African mining, uh, working for the likes of Glencore. So um, he's here today to give us an update on African Gold Group, and we've probably got some other questions that we can ask him as well. So that's welcome, Danny, back to the podcast again. How are you doing, Danny? Yeah, great, Rob. Thanks. Thanks for having me back on. Good to be yeah, here. Yeah, no, and no, I appreciate that. Um, appreciate you taking, obviously, taking the time to uh, to do this podcast, even though you, you were on probably eight or nine months ago. So, obviously, a lot of lot has happened since then. Um, but first of all, for people that haven't listened to your previous episode, so and obviously, I encourage you after listening to this, if you haven't, to go back to that episode also. Just wanted to give us a, a just a brief overview of your uh, background and your career. Right. Thanks, Rob. So, yeah, um, I think we went through it in the last podcast, but just in brief, I'm a mining engineer, which is, I guess, quite unusual to be CEO of an exploration development company. Uh, My background is in operational mining in Africa, 28 years or so, and the last 12 of that with Glencore, as you mentioned. All of that time was spent in building and developing greenfields and brownfields projects, I think probably in the region of about two and a half billion dollars worth. So really, I see myself as a mine builder and operator. Um, and I think uh, this project specifically that we're going to talk about, Kabada, is really moving to that phase now. So very exciting for us. Um, great part of Mali, um, relatively close to the capital, but down near the Guinea border. Um, and really, as I'm sure we'll get to talk about, some massive upside potential as well, in, in, in over and above what we're going to talk about today. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I just want to even give us an overview of African Gold Group and, and an introduction to the sort of project and journey that you've been, um, that you've covered over the last, obviously, few years up to, um, obviously, delivery of a recent report that you actually released. Yeah. So I, I got involved in the project in about August of 2019. At that time, I brought in a, a small new management team. Um, the company has been around a lot, a lot longer than that and been listed on the TSX be a lot longer than that as well, but I think it needed a bit of a shake-up. So my focus when I arrived there was to review all of the technical information, to have a look at what had been done before, and really to say to see whether there was really a good project here or not. And after having a look at that, we decided the best thing to do was to get some more drilling done, which we did through 2019 uh, and the first part of 2020. And on the back of that, last year, July, we delivered a, an updated definitive feasibility study which showed a very robust uh, project um, around $284 million um, pre-tax MPV 
and about 755,000 ounces of gold reserves in the ground. Post that, we did a, a little bit more money raising and decided to move ahead and do some more drilling in the um, inferred resource areas to try and upgrade that. And also to start testing some of the sulfide ore, which was not included in last year's study. And what we found was a, a an opportunity to also incorporate the sulfide resources into the, the, the updated definitive feasibility study because they were also amenable to be treated through the same process plant. So we've just released an updated definitive study now, which not only includes additional oxides, but also includes additional sulfides. And I believe now we've set ourselves up to be a, a highly flexible project in being able to treat oxides on their own, sulfides on their own, or a mixture of both. And that obviously opens up the opportunity to exploit additional resources as and when we, we get to drill them. So as I said, eight kilometers from the Guinea border, right in that Perimian greenstone belt, our neighbors would be hummingbird resources, um, B2 gold, um, barrack just up the road. Um, so I think we're in the right place. And um, I think we're we're really ready to, 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 to move this project into the development and construction phase. Yeah. Um, I wonder if you give us uh, more of a description and outline of the DFS uh, details um, and some of the sort of key numbers. Sure. So as I mentioned, we've just come out. These are hot off the press a couple of days. Um, I think the, the, the key headline numbers here are we've seen a 66% increase in mineral reserve to 1.25 million ounces. So we've effectively ticked the box or jumped the hurdle of a million ounce plus reserve, um, which is quite key in the junior mining space. Um, that lends itself to 10 years at 100,000 ounces per annum output of gold and overall a 16-year mine life as we, as we move through the, the total resource. Resources have come in at 3.1 million ounces, measured, indicated, and inferred. And that's a significant jump up from previously as well. And some of the headline numbers, which I think would be interesting to, to the viewers here, are a pre-tax MPV of 506 million US dollars, post-tax around um, 355 million, and a, an IRR of 45% pre-tax. I think for me, what's also critical here is the free cash flow that's generated. So free cash flow after capital expenditure and taxes of around 550 million US dollars over the mine life. And what that really translates into is within 2.3 years of, of delivering first production out of this mine, it's fully paid back and thereafter it's it's pretty much free cash flow. So for an investor looking for a, a good stock that could potentially give them substantial free cash flows over multiple years, this is is really ticking all of those boxes. Okay, and can you tell us a little bit more about how you're going to grow the resource through the targeted uh, drilling program? Yeah, so I think just to put this into perspective, we have around 300 square kilometres of, of concessions, uh, including our two exploration concessions. They're all joined together, so it's very, very good for us. We're not, we're not moving in between other people's concessions. We've only drilled around four kilometres um, of strike on 55 kilometres of identified strike on the property and what that means is is that that 3.1 million ounces is sitting on only four kilometers we believe there's another 50 51 kilometers of additional mineralization happening in shear zones across the property and obviously therefore we would need to start to target those on a fairly um, uh, planned drill program to make sure that we get the best bang for our buck so 
first up, we would we would look at um, tackling the inferred resources that we have currently, about 1.4 million of them ounces. Those we we infill drill and we see a good conversion rate into measured and indicated and then into reserve. And then we start to look a little bit further out on our on our mineralized shear zones to get the drills in there and to and to grow the to grow the resource. So, you know, I, 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 it's very difficult to predict what it is. But if you've got 3.1 million ounces on four kilometers and there's another 50 kilometers of prospective shear zones on the property, the chances are this is a sizable future um, resource um, upside potential. Yeah. And what are the timeframes around sort of construction and uh, uh, going into production? Well, look, I mean, obviously, start of construction is always dependent upon um, investment and and, and finding the money. Um, We have had some very fruitful talks with with funders for this prior to this study coming out. We put it on hold for about four months until the culmination of this study. Um, We'll obviously pick those conversations up again now um, from next week. And I think, you know, hopefully they will see that these are substantially better results with with a much bigger mine. Um, And those should should move ahead quite quickly. Um, We've also seen immediately this week additional interest from companies that initially thought we were a little bit small, but are now seeing that we are a much bigger operation. So those conversations are starting. Um, And I think that once we have that money raised, then from construction to first gold is about 19 months, 18 to 19 months. Very fast-tracked, very quick, very straightforward. Um, it's something that I've done many times before in my career. So we don't see there, there being many major hurdles to being able to achieve that. Um, and the good, the good news about it as well, Rob, is that the company that we're using to, to, to do all of our studies, the definitive feasibility studies, is a company called Senate. Senate have built a dozen or more of these um, gravity plus CIL process plants within West Africa, having just completed one across the border in Guinea literally a month ago. So in terms of understanding the real capital expenditure numbers, we're, we're very confident on those. So we don't see any um, blowout in the capital. We don't see any blowout in the schedule, um, which means that we can deliver this thing fairly quickly once we have the money raised. Yeah. Um, what are you what are you focus on with regards to environmental aspects and uh, obviously delivery of your hybrid power plant? Yeah, so I think you know Mali is unfortunately one of those countries that doesn't have a significant amount of excess power in their power grid. Um, some of their power is generated from hydropower, but it's pretty much used up in the national infrastructure. So most mines in Mali have to put together these big standalone power plants. And typically these have been, or historically, they've always been heavy fuel oil or diesel, which are very big carbon emitters. We decided from the offset that we didn't want to do that. Um, We decided that we would like to look at ways of reducing our environmental footprint. So right from from even from last year's study, we put together a a standalone um, independent hybrid power plant, which consists of um, a solar panel portion Um, some battery storage, which the solar panels charge up during the day, and then a much less reliance upon heavy fuel oil and diesel for the the night. And what what that does is is quite substantial. It reduces your carbon fuel requirement by up to 43%. Um, So not only is that much less greenhouse gas emissions, but it's also significantly less money because the solar is doing the work there. And the other thing it does is those emissions are also substantially lower. So we're talking things like 
nearly 40% less carbon dioxide into the atmosphere, 35% less carbon monoxide, and 39% less sulfur dioxide. So all of these nasty, noxious gases that we're hearing about you know, day to day, we won't be emitting that into the atmosphere. So for us, that's really important. Um, the other thing that's obviously a bonus, as I say, is the fuel savings, which obviously goes straight to the bottom line. And also the fact that this is being done with a very well-known um, um, technology provider who are funding this whole project as a standalone. So it doesn't add on to our capital expenditure requirements for the upfront capital raise. Yeah. Um, do you see any sort of challenges over the next 12 to 18 months? Anything that can uh, sort of, I suppose, uh, dis- disrupt the flow of uh, flow of progress at all? No, look, I, I think the mining industry is used to, to overcoming hurdles um, all through my career. Nothing ever runs as smoothly as you think it's going to run, you know, whether it's um, political or, or commodity price or fuel price. Um, we, we, we're there to overcome those. I think we've been relatively conservative in our in our in our capital makeup and our and our forecast to to be able to weather those quite comfortably. Um, I guess if you had to look at one area that would would need to happen in the next twelve months is this um, change of government in Mali from an interim government to a to a fully fledged democratic government. By all intents and purposes, that should happen through next year. Um, it won't affect us in any way. We have very good relationships with the incumbent government right now. Um, so I don't really see any major issues. And I think that, you know, we're very bullish on gold. We think gold is still um, very undervalued for the value that it can provide in this very shaky global economy right now. Um, so hopefully the the markets will give gold companies credit for, for this sort of all-weather um, safe haven that is gold. Yeah. And how, how are the relations between uh, some of your neighbours? Obviously, you mentioned B2 Gold and um, Hummingbird. Um, just wonder how, how you get on with those guys. Yeah, good. I mean, you know, the nice thing about the mining industry is you're not in competition with each other. You generally, um, whatever you can produce um, is needed in the, in the, in the global market. So um, it, it's not about trying to uh, scupper your mates. Um, we obviously, from a security perspective, speak to these guys fairly regularly. Um, there's a good intelligence network between all the mining operations anyway. Um, we also have a neighbour, Cora Gold, who are pretty close to, to delivering their first um, measured and indicated resource. They're, they're right next door to us. So between Cora and Hummingbird and, and the other guys, we, we are on good terms. We don't poach each other's people and, and we look out for each other. Um, so, yeah, look, I think um, luckily in the mining industry, there's there's not that competition between operations or projects that would cause any distress or or issues yeah and do you, do you have any synergies that you can share share with share resources with with that, those guys yeah look i think there always is um certainly on things like logistics routes and maybe even power um i, I think that would be as we move into the detailed engineering design stage which would happen next prior to construction we would have a look at some of those things and see whether there was um, things that have always worked very well in the past is, is sharing resources on keeping roads um, upkept um, if you're using common roads and things like that. So yeah, there are there are some synergies. Um, obviously, if you had a look at um, sharing of, of of process plants and 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 combining resources and things like that, 
there obviously are as well, but that needs to move to the to the next level of relationship. But certainly from a high level perspective, um, sharing infrastructure, keep you know, uh, assisting with keeping infrastructure up, upgraded and, and 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 good is is always an easy way to start with with um, other other um, people in the area. Yeah, um, and as a conclusion, um, why would investors invest in um, Afcon Gold Group, um, and what would you say the sort of outlook is over the next twelve to eighteen months? Well, look, I think there, there's very few development ready projects in in West Africa right now that are permitted um, and ready to go. Um, we're we're significantly undervalued. It doesn't matter whether you look at uh, analyst consensus on what our target price should be. That number's up around 80 cents, and we're sitting at 15 cents right now. So just looking at that, you should be seeing a four- to five-fold improvement in share price um, to where we should be, um, either through that or against our peers. If you look at it, EV to total resource or EV to total reserve, we're way down the scale versus some of our peers in that region. So I think as an investment, we are super undervalued, which means that as we move up this curve of, of raising the money to build it and to build it, then there's this massive upside potential. Um, that being said, you know, gold or gold projects are few and far between at this stage. They produce fantastic free cash flows. Um, as I said, 2.3 years, you've paid off your full capital investment and then you're, you're in the, the, the free cash producing zone for the next 12, 14 years. So it's a great investment. And I think although gold investments are sort of lost its shine a little bit over the last few months there's no doubting that at 1750 gold this project um, like many others is is highly profitable and therefore if you want to put your money into a safe haven where gold is probably only going one way which is up this is this is one of the projects to do it in yeah thanks danny really appreciate your uh, time coming on the podcast again um if our audience wants to reach out to you if they've got any questions um if they may be looking to invest or have any questions around uh, obviously the project um how can they go about contacting you and are you on any social media platforms yep um although i've, I've got uh, quite gray hair i'm pretty up to date on social media so we're on twitter um instagram uh, LinkedIn, all under African Gold Group. If if you want to go to our website at www.africangoldgroup.com, that has all of the telephone contact telephone numbers. We're all available. Um, we like to try and answer everybody's question that, that writes in. Um, and then look out for an investor webinar that we're probably going to do in the next week, 10 days, to really give some good feedback in a bit more detail on this um, latest definitive feasibility study update. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, pr- appreciate your time, Danny. And audience, um, hope you enjoyed this episode and an update from um, uh, African Gold Group. Um, it sh- certainly is an exciting uh, exciting story ahead of them, um, going into, obviously, um, potentially into construction further down the line. And it's probably, I meant for, for me as a uh, novice investor, um, it's probably about the right time to, to get into investing in a company like yourselves, uh, where it's pre, pre-construction, um, where you're going to get the, the big upswings. So um, if uh, our audience appreciate if you can share this episode amongst friends, family, um, other investors, or maybe even um, other people within the mining industry, um, especially if they're working in Africa, because it's a, it's a good, um, good story and a good project 
that's uh, going to be moving forward. So appreciate your time for listening. If you're watching on YouTube channel, appreciate if you can uh, like and share this episode so it reaches uh, more people out there in the universe. Um, and I hope you enjoyed this episode. And until next time, happy lining. Thank you for listening. Remember to reach out to Rob via the show notes and be sure to subscribe and leave a review. Until next time, happy mining, helping each other to improve the mining industry.